So yeah, that was Lost Campesinos with Yumi dancing. That's it for the Hangover Cure this I week. Nice way to round up. Yeah. yeah, so we hope you had a good show. We'll be back same time again next week. With the same weird little uh, S- features that we had this time. weird quirks that we have, because yeah. we're cool. Uh, so up next, we've got uh, The Wonder Show to follow. Yep, so don't go anywhere. And here's the news. Oh, no. <laughs> it's not such screen. Live from the University of Manchester Students' Union, this is the Fuse News. Hello, this is Dami with the News Fuse. A groundbreaking report published recently has shown that countries that the United States has publicly branded as enemies have been rather cooperative with the CIA. The report found that in the same month that Iran was branded a third of the axis of evil, it captured 15 individuals. 10 of whom were later handed to the Americans and at least 6 of them were held by the CIA. In the UK, the gay marriage debate is currently underway. The Tories appear to be for it. Just across the channel, the French Parliament appears to be doing the same thing. The debate has grown heated with French MPs exchanging insults. In Manchester, sadly, a man has died after the van he was in overturned on the M60 motorway. The police spokesperson said efforts were made to free the man, after which he was taken to hospital where he sadly died. Gaps has once again been deprived of its alcohol license after the police discovered fake DVDs and jewellery at the store. However, Gaffs told the Mancunian that this was a mistake. They say that a man left the bag with the DVDs in store and police came and raided minutes after. They believe that the police had it out for them. In lighter news, the Twitter sphere exp- exploded after Keisha Cole brutally criticised Michelle Williams at the Super Bowl. She even trended in America as fans rose to Michelle's defence. Michelle took the high road by tweeting God bless. This has been Dammy with the news. Feel free to tweet us at FuseFM or at FuseFM News. Happy days. Riot Jazz Live comes to 256 Wilmslow Road in association with Shakedown. The night kicks off at 9pm on Thursday the 13th of December. Shakedown's very own DJs will be DJing throughout the night. From just £4 entry on the door, you'd be a mug to miss it. For more information, follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Hello everyone and welcome to The Wonder Show, a brand new show where we're going to be talking about a completely different topic each week and today's week is about how people made it in the media. Uh, so today's show we're going to be having two special guests on. Uh, we're going to be having a model, uh, Sean Hill, who's, uh, he's, he's done modelling for high street brands such as Top Man and River Island and he's also been an extra on television. And we're also going to be having Paul Shuttleworth, who's a, a, a BBC presenter for Radio Shropshire and also starred in the uh, drama, BBC drama Cutting It from 2003 to 2007. Uh, and we also have in the studio live with us Martin Cooper. How are you doing, Martin? Oh, hello. Sorry. <laughs> Hi. How are you? I wasn't prepared. So. <laughs> Sorry. Right. Uh, uh, so, yeah, so we're supposed to be having a, a co-presenter of mine here, uh, Isis, but unfortunately she couldn't make it, so hence why I brought Martin in instead. I'll have to do. Yes. <laughs> well, uh, Martin is a, a local radio presenter, and uh, he's going to be answering any media-related queries about that you might have. Uh, so we're going to talk about later in the show about how you can get in touch with those. Uh, so, yes, we've talked about today's show. Um, the Facebook page for the show, if you want to know more about what's happening today, is www.facebook.com slash thewondershow1. Uh, that's all one word, and then one is in a digit. 
And uh, I'd just also like to say a big thank you to our sponsor, uh, the Zero Symphony Band. Uh, you can check out their Facebook page as well, uh, www.facebook.com slash the Zero Symphony. And also to Nightcatcher Manchester for uh, our photo shoot, which we're going to be having next week, which we're looking forward to, which will get us some nice photos of the page, because at the moment we've just got a picture of the studio. Uh, so yes, uh, we're going to be uh, we'll put a, we're going to be listening to now "Scream and Shout" by Britney Spears. Uh, well, by William featuring Britney Spears, and then uh, we'll be on with the interview. Uh, so I'm here with supermodel Sean Hill at the moment, who's done modelling for things such as River Island and Top Man, and he's also wants me to say he's a stand-up comedian. How are you doing, Sean? I'm very well, thank you. Stand-up comedian. Um, I, the people just laugh at me with jokes. It's just how it rolls. Oh, uh, okay. Well, he's assured me this is going to be a very funny interview, so it should all be good. You can know if it just fails now. We're just going to have viewers that are just like, going to be just sitting there going, what the hell is this? <laughs> well, well, the pressure's on. So yeah, what brought you into everything you do? Because you've done modelling, you've done extra work on telly, you've done, as you say, stand-up comedy. I mean, how did you get into it? Well, oh, well it's crazy. It's just, I don't, I met, I had a friend, Russell Grant, who, who was quite a very good person. He did Strictly, he was the camp guy that f- came out of a canon. Um, I was a friend with him and I just like worshipped him and then we got him pages and then I had a lot of fans and then I, a guy approached me on Twitter saying um, do you do modelling and would you be interested in doing it and I just took it up I went up, I started from there and, and then I decided I like clothing and hairstyles and it went from there because I, I mean a lot of people would have an opportunity like that but then I'd find that you know that that's a sort of have you heard of one hit wonders I mean because you've carried on haven't you to be very successful I mean at one time you had 69,000 uh, subs- was it subscribers followers, followers yeah. on face on uh, Twitter so I got into the social networking like sure knows um, and uh, so I mean what made you carry on to be more successful in that way well it's, it's, it changed um, I, was, I, I got rid of the Twitter went a long time ago, but it's it's just if you you got to do something you enjoy, don't you? You don't want to do, if you're working at McDonald's and flip burgers, then fair enough. Or if yeah. you get to stand in front of a camera and pout, then it's not too bad, yeah. is it? I mean, I guess just a lot of people, you know, find it really hard to uh, continue. And I was just interested, you know, how you managed to continue after that initial photo shoot. Well, it's really. not easy. It's not. It's, you, it's, you can go without a long time without work, but you just have to save, don't you? But yeah. it's just it's, you just meet new people, and some you sometimes you get some lucky job interviews, like work interviews, and just it just changes all the time. But like. It's it's quite cool though. I guess it's not the best thing in the world because it's not like a proper. Well, it is. I guess it is a career, but it's not a nine to five job. Not very is it? stable. You yeah, mean, yeah, it's not a, a very good income all the time. But sometimes you get lucky and you can make a lot. But yeah, it's just you know. Are you finding at the moment you're struggling to fit everything in or? No, well, it's Christmas and it is. I'm I'm going back. I go back to London in mid January, so I've got quite a few things to pick up on. So, yeah, and I have to brush my teeth. Oh uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, the essential part of uh, getting and the hair and do the, the, hair, hair. the hairspray, you know, yeah. boots. I make, I make, I make, I make boots a lot of money. Yeah, if you ever look at Sean's Twitter, you'll see there's lots of uh, hair photos. About yeah. a hundred different hairstyles, at least there must be. And, and lots of clothing and uh, yeah, vein pictures and semi-naked. <laughs> it's just how I roll. Yeah, yeah. And I was gonna say as well because I mean we were talk before when we were talking. You're saying it's not all good, is it? I mean you have. Have had some incidences. Oh, you uh, get some wacky. You were slapped once, weren't you? <laughs> oh, in Hastings, this woman, she was like, she, uh, she must have recognised me off Twitter. Uh, we went, I went to a gay pride event, and they ask you to take pictures, 
And she just and she 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 claimed that I I I turned down the picture which I wouldn't did and I was sitting on the beach having a lovely flake with a ninety nine <laughs> thing and uh, just said and she just walked over and just said oh you are you Sean Hill I was like yes and she she just slapped me and she was, <laughs> and I dropped my ice cream she was like you turned down the picture and I was like I'm not quite sure you did and she, and but basically she just got the wrong person it was a guy that was yeah. working behind the bar. Yeah. She thought it was me. <laughs> so, what would you say is the worst experience you've had of people trying to sort of hate mail, as it were? Or, um, or I, I think people just, you know, like, like jealous or... Well, not jealous. I think they're just like... They they want centre of attention. Yeah. Like, if you'd put... A, like, I get on... If, like, if, I, if I put a picture on Facebook or something or Twitter just for a laugh, it's always that people that... You know, are less shy or they've yeah, got their own difficulties. Because there's one time, wasn't there, where you said you had a 50, well, if you get 50 likes, you'd put a picture oh, of yourself yeah. on. Oh, yeah, there's what a picture of there? me in a bath. <laughs> and I, I, me and my friend Fiona Evans, she, we just, we were just randomly just taking pictures with bubbles in the bath. And, and, and I said as a joke, I said, if I get 50 likes, I'll pull a, a more revealing, but not <laughs> something tasty. Some woman, my, my friend Joanne, she just said, oh, you've got 50 likes, put a picture up. And I I was reluctant to it, but I did, and it was me standing up, and it was of bubbles. It was, um, but you could see my legs, and there's a flannel covering special places, and uh, yeah, some it did kick up a bit of uproar. Some people commenting saying, "Have you got decency and stuff?" But you know, I'm not. I wasn't exactly standing there with like my tackle out, was I? So it's it was all right. But some people I did have. It's nice to have like can make fun of a situation. As long as you can make fun of a situation, you're all right. Yeah. But um, just don't take it too seriously, you know. If you if you really don't like it that much, that's what remove as a friend is for, isn't it? Yeah. Or subscribe. You're really gonna take offence to it, but it is kind of a public thing, so I do bring it on myself. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess you can't always please everyone. There's always gonna be someone. Why? You're gonna it's upset. boring. If you ever please them, bugger them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, so that's that's all great. Uh, so that uh, was uh, Sean we've just had and we're going to be back with Sean after this song uh, so if you want to get in touch and you want to speak to Martin then you can go to the Facebook page uh, which is facebook.com slash Manchester, or you can get in touch via Twitter by going to Twitter and uh, then going to Fuse FM, uh, so at Fuse FM. So I'm still not very good at Twitter myself, as I was saying there. And uh, or you can text in, and you can do Fuse. Uh, you need to put Fuse, then put your message to 077 664 If you missed any of that, it's also on the website. Okay then. Uh, and this is Icarus by Madion. And you can also get in touch through the Facebook page, as I was saying, which is www.facebook.com slash The Wonder Show. So we're going to be uh, joining now the, with, jo- with Sean again for the second part of the interview. Is there any sort of advice you would give to anyone who wants to get into this? Because you've basically said someone approached you on Twitter, and that's obviously quite unusual. Not everyone has that opportunity. So, I mean, what would you say to someone who wants to get into it but doesn't necessarily have the contacts? I, I, it's always good to advertise yourself, isn't it? That's what I do. I always, I always do take pictures and I always try different stuff. So it's kind of preparing yourself. But just advertise yourself. Put it on Twitter and Facebook and just meet new people. I, I'm sure there's agencies around everywhere. Just send a CV. I'll just email them some pictures and see if they work and see if they, they're interested. But it's, it just takes time, isn't it? It's not, a, it's not an easy thing to do, but... It's worth it, yeah, probably. So mm-hmm. you know, yeah. when you get to, you always get to look. You always and get to do your hair, and you get to make 
look nice. So yeah, you know. Well, I guess if you if you email enough agencies, you know, one's one of them's going to contact you. Yeah. it's just it's just luck, isn't it? Yeah. Unless you're Shrek or something. <laughs> well, mind you, he's famous now. Well, so. they do seem to have models for everything, don't they? I mean, you've seen the old woman who advertised Sheila's wheels on the well, on the advert. <laughs> well, you know, you know, you could be, you could be anything now these days. Uh, and there's uh, there's Misty in Manchester, who's one of the best known trainers, and there's Sticky Vicky, who's even been on well, Benidorm. Well, you never know. We could, I could I could be Barney one day. I could be dressed up in a Barney outfit as a pink dinosaur. You know. Yeah, yeah. My career could go to sky falling. <laughs> so yeah. I mean, so what else uh, have you done briefly then, as well as just modelling? Because you've um, done quite a few bits, as I said, haven't you? Well, I've done extra work. I've tried to do a lot of extra work as possible. I've done a feature film with Keith Chagrin. I, I tried, and I've done extra work College Street. did Doc 2 in Cardiff as extra work. I don't know. I, I've tried stand-up, which is quite... But that's just because I've always liked joking and being a being a prat. Like, a lot of my YouTube videos, they're just me being prats, or I'm always doing something that's like rubbish jokes that you, people, you find funny, then yeah. not many people laugh at you. But then it's just it's, you've got to try to do not a normal job. Just try and do something a bit of fun. Yeah, I know uh, from experience. I don't necessarily try and be funny, but some of the things I put up, people are just like, "The what planet am I on?" Yes, or... like, you just like, you <laughs> crap, and then you just like on Facebook, you just like you just like think of the status. Like I always do. I always do, like, try and think of something quite funny and witty and have a punchline in it. Yeah, and then it's either sometimes you might get loads of like and people laugh at it, or sometimes you might just crash and burn and just like people just put like. Sean, no, no Sean. <laughs> yeah, the the t- the two the classic too far stage. Well, thank you very much for coming on anyway, and thanks for taking the time to do the interview. It's fine, thank you. Thank you for the million pound. It's nice. <laughs> thank you. I'll, I'll buy a nice little candy coke for that. Yes, yes. Okay. Well, we're gonna go now. So I'll speak to you soon. Sure, and that was super Sean. Super Sean, supermodel Sean Hill. We've just had on. Uh, now we're going to be going into uh, our next song which is uh, Porter Robinson, uh, Unison. Well, the song's Unison by Porter Robinson. Fred, it's not the Knife Party remix, uh, but hope you enjoy. Uh, so, Martin, uh, we've just had our first question in for you then. Um, Hello. Uh, some people don't seem to know what you do. You, you used to I do... don't know what I do. <laughs> well, you're a real radio presenter, aren't you? I'm the real deal to yes. extent. So, um, Carol's wondering, uh, what, what did you used to do? I mean, how do you start and how do you get into it? Okay. Um, basically, that big gap. We're going to be also talking in a, with Paul Shuttleworth in a minute, but uh, just if you could also tell us, and, you know, the more people that know, the better. Definitely. Hi, Carol. Um, yeah, okay. Well, um, I started off uh, many moons ago in my youth um, as an entertainer. So I used to do a lot of on-stage presenting and comparing and that kind of thing and, and, and introducing from the stage to audiences, um, which I preferred, to be honest, and I was quite good at that. And then um, went back to um, my hometown in Lancashire where there wasn't an awful lot going on, really. And they'd started up this uh, new local radio station, which was a commercial radio station, and uh, it was it was there for all to listen to. And I ended up just kind of uh, uh, going to the station manager there and, and emailing him and just saying, "Look, this is who I am. This is the kind of stuff that I've done before. Uh, would you be interested in, in listening to me um, and, and uh, hearing some of my kind of demo work?" So you've got to kind of get good demos together, record yourself doing radio links and things like that. Work at it. It is an art form. It's not easy. You know, there's uh, there's things that you need to do the things that you need to not do like swear and shout and scream at people and you know there's different ways of, of sounding uh, good on the radio yeah so, so um, 
I was just going to say, how would people go about doing a demo then? You, you can do it quite easily at home. Um, so you just need to, I mean, in the days when I used to do it, you used to have a play and record button that you pressed at the same time on a tape player. Yes. Those days are gone now. But if you've got any kind of recording device, so people can do it through their iPhones and things like that, um, or even on the internet and things, a lot of laptops and netbooks and stuff have built-in microphones now so you can do it yourself you can download or you can buy some kind of um producing package and stuff like that get to grips with learning how to use it because there's one side of it that's presenting there's also another side of it which is all the technical side and the pressing the buttons and what sounds good and things like that and i'm self-admitted technophobe I'm, I'm terrible with it but I'm getting better I must admit I, I certainly know what you mean there's that well how many of us there's five of us in the studio at the moment <laughs> as you can see from the camera and I mean, people pressing random buttons for me when I forget to do it because well, it's been my first show that's it's it. a bit nerve-wracking the show starts about 24 minutes ago and I've just logged into Twitter so that's how good I am at te technology <laughs> um, but yeah just kind of it's one of those things you have to kind of stick to it you've got to really be confident in your ability to be able to do it Sometimes you've got to work for free at the beginning uh, and do some bits and pieces for free, but you know, if they, if they recognise that talent and the willingness, I think you've got to be willing to work hard. And I it? think with many competitive careers, you do have to work for free, don't you, or do voluntary yeah, work? Yeah, of course you do. You've got to bear in mind there's a lot of people want to do this kind of work. You know, there's a lot of people out there that want to do it. Not everyone can do it, and not everyone's got the willingness and the, and the attitude to do it. So if you've got a good mixture of those kind of things and you just stick to it, there's no reason why you can't succeed. Yeah, well, we're going to go. Uh, well, thanks for that, Martin. Uh, hopefully you'll get more questions throughout the show uh, and we're going to be going now to uh, something new by Girls Aloud and then we'll be uh, joining uh, for our, well, our third interview now almost uh, with uh, Paul Shuttleworth who works at BBC Radio Shropshire I'm with Paul from BBC Shropshire here, uh, how are you doing Paul? Alright, thank you Good, good, so uh, what brought you into radio? Well when I was in my sort of late teens I was a, a DJ and one of the jobs I got was DJing at the local ice rink. And every school holiday, they used to have radio roadshows where the local radio station would come down, put a couple of acts on that were relatively unheard of, and they'd entertain the crowds at the ice rink. And radio roadshows back then used to have a warm-up presenter that did a few giveaways and got people in the mood. And then the guy off the radio would come down and present and introduce the acts. And the one day, the warm-up presenter didn't turn up. And the lady that worked for Beacon Radio, as it was, which is a station um, based in Wolverhampton that broadcast to the black country, they said, oh, you do a bit of DJing, would you have a go at doing the warm-up for us? So I did, and they liked what I did, and the next thing I know, I was working as a warm-up presenter in Beacon Radio in my sort of early 20s, as it was then, and I went from there to doing a little bit of travel news on the radio, and that's pretty much how it started out. Okay, that, that's all cool. So what would you say for people who don't get the opportunity of someone just coming up to you and saying, would you like to have a go at doing radio? Well, it, it's difficult because the radio industry, uh, a bit like television and general entertainment, is a lot of people want to do it. So you've got to have a route into it. Now, my route into it was experience because I was, de I was being a DJ and presenting... Um, DJ-driven shows at an ice rink, which has a big audience and a lot of equipment. So for me, it was gaining that experience that then made them want somebody who could already do the job. Now, to gain that experience nowadays, it's changed a little bit because there are a lot of community stations and student radio stations and hospital radio stations where you can go and volunteer to learn your craft. But ultimately, it's something that you've got to gain experience at. So whether that's doing free work experience at hospital radio 
or doing free work experience at your local community station or student station at school or at uni or you go down the route of formal training and you go to journalistic college and you learn to be a journalist and you learn to be a reporter and it depends where you want to be you see because if you want to be a BBC presenter the majority of their presenters are fully trained journalists because most of their content is news driven so they have to be legally trained and they have to know the ins and outs of journalism whereas commercial radio is much more personality based and much more bouncy much more fun so that's being yourself but nowadays compared to 10 years ago there's a lot less commercial radio stations out there than there was because programmes are shared. So, for example, in the middle of the day, a lot of radio stations will take a programme from London and put it on all their station brands, like Hearts, for example. So where there's 50 Heart stations, there used to be 50 afternoon presenters, now there's one guy from London. So there are less jobs available. So commercial radio, as a result, is much harder to get into than it was when I started out. Am I right in thinking that what used to be things like Beacon and Shropshire is now now becoming free radio? Yeah. Is that is that is that what's happened there? Yeah, it's it's grouped together. So what was Beacon Radio and BRMB in Birmingham and Mercia in Coventry and Warwickshire um, and Wyvern in Hereford and Worcester have now conglomerated and become one station. So where in the afternoon there was four presenters, there's now one. With Hart, there's like 80 stations with Capital. So even here, if you listen to Capital, a lot of those network programmes through the middle of the day are coming from one studio and servicing lots and lots of different stations. So there are much less jobs because there's much less money about. So from a programme controller's view, they take the decision, do we put somebody on off the telly that everybody's heard of, like Toby Anstis, and put him on the radio so everybody connects with their audience, or do we go for a local personality? And of course now it's leaning, if you look at national radio, more and more to people off the telly, your Chris Evans of this world, your Emma Buntons, your Jason Donovan, because it guarantees an audience, because the audience already know who their names are. Okay, that's all good. Uh, so that was uh, with Paul Shuttleworth, who's just uh, I've just been interviewing there, and uh, he's also I forgot to mention, but uh, just last week he's been on Come Dine with me as well, and uh, you can also watch that on the Catch Up service on 4OD. Um, Martin, hello, hello. Uh, we've just had another question for you. Uh, Tim Good. wants to know: Have you had any uh, embarrassing or fatal moments on radio? Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, pretty much every time I open the mic, um, <laughs> something usually goes wrong. Yeah, it's usually when everything stops working. It's with radio. It's slightly different because if you're um, talking to an audience on stage, you can see there's lots of people uh, and you can gauge a reaction very, very well from them and things like that. In radio, sometimes it's just you on your own in a studio and you're just talking to yourself. Um, and when everything kind of breaks around you you're stuck, there's no way out, you can't just play a song or whatever. So that's happened a couple of times, and that's that's always slightly embarrassing. Have you always managed to uh, improvise, or has that actually been a moment for silence or ums? Oh, no, there's never silence around the ring. <laughs> no, anything but... No, I, I, I'm, I'm lucky, because I was blessed to have been quite gobby, um, <laughs> a, a natural chatterbox. So, no, I, you kind of learn to cover it, but it's frightening. Yeah. Um, oh, brilliant. Oh, I, was, I can't remember what I was going to say now. Um, but yeah, uh, well, I, yes, I remember. Uh, basically, uh, uh, Flo, my mentor, emailed me this morning saying, John, the one studio's down and the other one, the touchscreens aren't working. I was like, what? Anyway, she goes, if you, want, if you uh, email me back, I'm like, not emailing, phoning you. So I was a bit panicked anyway. <laughs> it's all, so far, I think it's all gone okay. Just <laughs> never panic. My one tip is never panic. Just yeah, well, treat thought, it as a conversation. I've probably got about three hours worth of content for this show. Wow. So. <laughs> 
<laughs> if it does all go wrong, then at least it, it won't be a disaster. That's good. Um, anyway, just uh, once again, another plug for the uh, Facebook page. Um, there's two actually. Well, there's the main Fuse FM page, which is uh, www.facebook.com slash Fuse FM Manchester, and also uh, w and, and then there's our actual show page, which is www.facebook.com slash The Wonder Show One. All one word and one is in a digit. Uh, we're now going to be going to uh, we're going to be listening to uh, Bangarang by Shrillex, and then we'll be back with Paul Shuttleworth for the second part of the interview. Uh, so now we're with the uh, second part uh, with uh, Paul Shuttleworth. I'm with Paul from BBC Shropshire here. Uh, how are you doing, Paul? All right, thank you. Good, good. So uh, have what brought you into radio? radio? Have you done other stuff well, as well? In terms of media, um, I've done quite a few different things. Um, as well as radio, I had a column in a newspaper talking about music for a number of years in my local newspaper, and I also had a go at doing television as well. It was something that I was interested in, so I put a CV together, had some photographs done, and just sent them out to loads of agents. And the one day, um, I heard back from an agency called Selex, who were based in the Midlands. Um, and made a contact with a lovely lady called Anne, and she said, oh, would you like to do some extra work? And I was interested in finding out how television worked, and extra work's great for that because it gets you on set, you're in and amongst the programmes that you're familiar with, and you learn how television actually works, the reality of how it's made compared to how you consume it as a viewer. So that was quite interesting. So I did quite a lot of extra work to start with, um, and from that got a, a regular role in a BBC drama and that was all circumstance because when I was about 16 I was unemployed and my mum owned a hairdressing salon um, so I trained to be a hairdresser I didn't want to but mum said you're not, you're not living for nothing get in the salon and earn some money as soon as I passed my driving test um, I drove off into the sunset and got myself another job I wanted yeah. to do but I did have experience of being a hairdresser and I wasn't sure whether to write that on my CV. Because if you put being a hairdresser on your CV, does it suggest to people when they read your CV maybe that you're a very camp person, which I'm not? So I was a bit conscious about whether to put that on there or not because I didn't want to give a stereotype that's not true to me. But in the end, I decided to put it on, and I put it on a small print at the very bottom. Um, and the drama that I did was called Cutting It. It starred Amanda Holden and Jason Merrills and Sarah Parrish, um, and they were looking for a, a regular background artist as it started out to make the hairdressing in the back of the action look real. So it involved doing hand doubles for the main cast, it involved giving advice on hairdressing and continuity, and being on screen as a hairdresser working in the salon because I could make hairdressing look real because I had the experience. So that piece of advice would, would, would be... Any skills that you've got, even if you didn't necessarily enjoy them, that what you should do is make sure that anything you can do goes on your CV, because I could do hairdressing, and as a result, that led to four years working for BBC Drama on one of their acclaimed dramas, Cutting It, which I wouldn't have got an opportunity to audition and effectively get the role if I'd left that off my CV. Yeah, yes, absolutely. And um, so uh, people, you've said about is how it's all very circumstantial and it's being at the right place at the right time. Mm -hmm. And you've also said now it's, it's sort of different in terms of work experience with things like student radio and that. Is there any other advice you could give to people who uh, want to go into this sort of career? I think for media, um, to have a long-standing career, whether as an actor or a radio presenter or something, I think you've got to be yourself. Um, because 
if you put on a fake voice or a fake accent or try and be something that's not you, you can't keep that up for long periods of time. So if you look at soap operas, if you look like somebody like um, Bill Roach, who plays um, Ken Barlow in Coronation Street, Ken Barlow's character is quite close to who Bill Roach is because he has to do that 14 hours a day for 11-day fortnights, a long time for 50 years, I think he's been in it, or whatever it is. You can only do that if there's part of yourself reflected in the role. And if you look at the best, you know, the radio presenters around Manchester, you look at Mike Toulon on Key 103, um, you look at somebody like Chris Evans, and the personality, the big larger-than-life personality that comes across on the radio is them. So if you're yourself and you get a job, you can be yourself forever. So yes, you've got yeah. long-standing continuity. If you put on a fake accent or a fake voice or do what you think employers expect of you but not what you want to do, then you may well get a gig, but it won't last any length of time because you can't keep that consistency up. And then if they don't want to employ you as who you are, then maybe it's not right for you anyway. So I'd say definitely be yourself or put a part of you into that persona. Now, your character on the radio or your character on the telly could be very different from what you are, but I think there needs to be elements of you reflected in that to allow you to keep the consistency there and be able to do it. Yes, but Sandra Bullock has played two very different roles, one being a comedy called Premonition and the other being a more comical film called The Proposal. Are you saying that although they're very different genres, that there are core elements of her in both of those films? Yes, I I would think so. I mean, you could argue with Hollywood actors that that's slightly different because they're spending a year making the film and they're averaging about 50 seconds a day in a 14-hour day of usable footage. So it's very easy to pretend to be something else for 50 seconds a day for a year to produce an hour-long film. But if you're working in something like soaps, where you're filming 22 minutes a day over a 14-hour day every day, you've got to be in that character much more. So a Hollywood actor has got much more tools to be able to be further away from themselves. But a radio presenter, if you're doing a four-hour show every day, 52 weeks a year, and in my case now for nearly 15 years... That's got to be a lot of you in it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. All right, well, thank you very much, Paul, for coming on anyway. No problem, thank you. And that was Paul Shuttleworth, the radio presenter from BBC Shops we've just had on. Uh, I'd just like to apologise uh, for the song, uh, is it Bangarang by Shrillex? Uh, there was uh, a swear word uh, towards the end there. So uh, if anyone's been offended by that, I do apologise. I was uh, deeply offended. <laughs> uh, what do you want to say again, Martin? I was I was really oh. deeply offended by the whole thing. Oh, I'm very sorry, Martin. Well, please don't kill me. I, <laughs> anyway, I promise. Anyway, we're going to be going on now to uh, another song. Uh, the by uh, it's called Get Up uh, by the Bingo Players, and then we're going to be playing an interesting game, Martin and I called. Uh, well, I'm calling it Two Lies, One Truth, and uh, you have to find out which we have to guess which statement's the true one. So uh, we'll be uh, up with that right after this actually should we play now because then people uh, people well i thought we should play now perhaps because then people can uh, decide which ones the lies and which ones are the truths before we go on the song won't they okay yeah that's a good idea then they can get in contact if they okay want to. do you want me to go first or go on, then you go first okay right statement one my granddad, and if anyone knows this, don't don't ruin it, please, because <laughs> um, I'm going to be telling one of these is the truth and one that's a lie. So, uh, first statement is uh, my granddad, who used to ride for the Queen, uh, once said to her, "How now, brown cow?" <laughs> oh. <laughs> 
<laughs> to the Queen. Uh, yes, but that could be a lie, that could be a truth. So, statement two. About 20 years ago, uh, my uncle was in a club and the uh, boxer, Frank Bruno, uh, came up to his bird and just started dancing with her and kind of stole her away. <gasps> yeah. And, Naughty Frank Bruno. <laughs> I know. And uh, then uh, statement three. When I was eight, I appeared on national television to do a tongue twister competition. However, I never won. Uh, now you see the thing, the thing we need to do though get you to do the tongue twister that you performed oh gosh I what right, you do you see remember that, which I, one it is that would give a clue though that would give a clue wouldn't I, I do still remember the ones I had to do but uh, it was she sells or seashells and uh, red lie <laughs> yellow lie no wouldn't even win <laughs> <laughs> She sells anyway, seashells on the seashore. That I just want to say that all of these do have an element of truth in it, so that I haven't given it away as to whether oh, okay. that's truth or not. Um, one of them is the complete truth, though, and uh, I'll be telling you that after the song. So, Martin, what Drop are yours? Mine. I've made mine very simple. I, I told one of the following well-known people that I loved them to their face. Was it A, Melinda Messenger, B, Peter Torg from The Monkeys, or C, Nick Clegg? I told one of those three people to their face that I loved them. Oh, okay. the messenger, Peter Tork from the Monkeys, yeah, uh, who was the blonde one, um, or Nick Clegg, Deputy Prime Minister. And there you go. One of those is true. I told one of those three people. Oh, I say, I, I say. I told one of those three people that I loved them. Two oh, of okay. them, are just random people. Well, uh, I'll be having a think about the uh, which one of those is true. Uh, <laughs> Straight after this song, uh, bingo players, get up. Uh, so, Martin, uh, we were talking in the break, weren't we, about uh, w- which one you think's right for me, and you're really quite puzzled, aren't you? Well, I, they're all equally ridiculous. I, I, I just think, um, I, I personally think that your um, uncle, was it, or your grandfather, he used to ride for the Queen... Right, what's about that? I think he's met the Queen, but I don't think you would say how now brown cow to the Queen. Why would how would that ever come up in conversation? Um so I think he's probably met her, but mm-hmm. probably didn't say that. And then the Frank Bruno uncle thing, yeah. I, t- I wanted to be the tongue twister just because I want to hear you do the tongue twister. Mm. On your first okay. ever radio show when you're actually quite nervous. Well, I'll tell you. Uh, first of all, the tongue twister one was false. Oh. I can say that I did appear on national television, but I was six years old, not eight, and I did actually win it. I didn't lose it. Uh, second one <laughs> <Geek>. was... Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> Nerd. Um, what was the second one that... Uh, but you got to do it. You got to do the tongue twister. Huh? I will do the tongue twister in just a moment. Oh, okay. But just before that, uh, the second one... <laughs> I don't, I, well, Sorry. I don't know if I'll still be as good, but we'll see. I haven't practised since... I, I think it was six of the last time I did it now, you know. That was only about five years ago, wasn't it? Oh, yes, because I'm 11. Well <laughs> done. <laughs> um, you're right, yeah, so the second one I said about to the uh, boxer Frank Bruno, it wasn't uh, actually uh, Frank Bruno. Um, it was, uh, this is the one with the uncle in the club, with my uncle being yes, in the club. Yes. It was actually uh, Hulk Hogan, the wrestler who that's, stole away. Know, he's trending on Twitter at the moment, is Hulk Hogan. Really? And I was, that's really strange because I was just thinking about him. And the reason he's trending on Twitter is because he's been on uh, Football Focus this morning giving Premiership football match predictions, <laughs> you know, because he 
pays close attention. Well, it's Hulk Hogan who stole my uncle's Hulk girlfriend Hogan. away. Not Hulk. <laughs> yes, and then the third one, I'm afraid, Martin, even though you didn't think it was true, uh, it wasn't, I, I did get it wrong, actually. Uh, my my dad just texted me to say it wasn't the Queen, but it's the Queen Mother when the Queen mother. my granddad, uh, so that was the true one, even though it turned That's out not to quite weird, be true. Though, isn't it? So <laughs> he went to the Queen Mother, um, I don't know quite the circumstances, <laughs> but uh, he went, how now, brown cow? <laughs> That's not the thing to say to the and Queen Mother, I is think it? This is, I think it does go in the Brookshaw generation because anyone who knows me knows I'm a very brutally honest person I always say what I think yeah. it's the point of offending people it seems like my uh, granddad and, uh, and my dad even as we're knowing him has also had that honesty gene as it were possibly <laughs> quite the same yeah yeah um, well there you go well I'm afraid everyone that's the end of the show oh uh, do you not want to know who I, who, who I was in love with oh yes I do oh you see uh, as if you just Discards me completely. <laughs> I forgot, sorry. Um, it well, it was either Melinda Messenger, who was the busty female blonde model in the, um, uh, the kind of 90s, wasn't she? No, McAndrew. Uh, Peter Torque, who was also busty and blonde, but he was one of the monkeys. Uh, or Deputy Prime Minister Nick Clegg. And I told one of them that I loved them. I think, um, and you're a very good liar, if, because you didn't flinch for any of those, but I think it was the second one, the blonde one for the monkeys. For the monkeys. It was, actually. Oh, <laughs> it yes. Was. Only because I've never met the other two. I, I probably wouldn't tell them that I loved them either. Peter Torg from The Monkeys, I used to have a huge crush 